Hi, welcome to Matters of the Heart and Soul. I'm your host, Janie Charlotte. Matters of the Heart and Soul is a podcast to raise awareness and awaken humanity to all that is within. We want to be a beacon of light on your life journey. This is Russell Bruce, co-host of Matters of the Heart and Soul podcast. And today we just completed season two uh, by having an amazing discussion with Frere Thor. And it was on the topic of paranormal and extraterrestrial phenomena. We're in that age of information and disclosure. And people want to know, are we alone in the universe? And are these stories true that have been passed down through the annals of history that we have been visited before? And as recent as the 1940s, the Roswell crash, where it seems like technology in America and the world seemed to just skyrocket, you know, where we come up with all these new things like fiber optics and, and cell phones. And, uh, you know, so we, we touched on a lot of these uh, different topics and, and brought some things to light and also left a lot out there for the imagination, you know, so that you can, you know, decide for yourself, you know, are we alone out there? You know, scientists every day are finding more planets in, in the galaxy and in our nearby universe that are ha- that can be habitable just as earth is there's water you know there's land things of that nature so take your time um listen to the podcast enjoy like share and subscribe and we'll see you on the other side Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Matters of the Heart and Soul podcast. This is a podcast inspired to awaken humanity and to connect our hearts with our minds. On this episode, we are talking about the paranormal and the extraterrestrial. We have all heard the terms paranormal, aliens, UFOs, and extraterrestrials. We might have heard about government disclosures in regards to it all. So what does it all mean? Are we alone in the universe? Are there other beings out there? If you have not heard the terms, paranormal is any event or phenomena that is beyond the scope of normal scientific understanding. Extraterrestrial is of or from outside of the earth or its atmosphere. Intraterrestrial is of or being inside the earth. And terrestrial is of or relating to on the earth, growing on the earth. So this episode is all about taking the mystery out of the paranormal. So that brings us to the introduction of our guest, Freyer Thor. Hi, how are you doing? We are great. And thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Awesome. Russ, so I think you're muted. All right. I think that always helps to be unmuted. Yes. All right. So with two Viking names, Freyr, the god of prosperity, Thor, the god of war and destruction, (laughs) his name spells out the yin and yang of Nordic mythology. 
Growing up in Iceland, Freyr was surrounded by spiritual belief systems with psychic family members and the idea of spirits, elves, and people from other dimensions considered as normal as morning coffee. After living in Israel for a year, Freyr immigrated to the U.S. in his early 20s, went to school to earn double master's degrees in global business and film production, and worked in the film industry since the inception of digital media. He contributed to the industry standardization of codes and metadata for digital platform delivery. You can call him an expert in aggregating and distributing media content and a technical guy, which I am myself and I love, an organizer of information and data. He has started and brought to success several companies in the media and tech and entertainment and the background and interest in all things paranormal has persisted since childhood. Uh, UFOs, aliens, past life memories with a keen interest in the belief that the reality we live in and are taught is only part of the full picture. Most important to Frere is staying close to his roots, spending time with his wife and four children, and continually seeking personal balance with nature. All right, so, and also one of the things that actually brought us together, we have a uh, common friend and uh, I actually Absolutely. was sent to a site here because this is what he's working on right now. Thor is launching a platform dedicated to the study of unexplained phenomena, bluebook.tv with its support channel, YouTube Project Blue Book. And with that, let's jump into this amazing interview with this amazing guy, Frere, once again, welcome to the podcast. Yeah. Thanks, Russell. Really appreciate that. I'm very happy to be here. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. No problem. So let's jump right into it. What has actually got you into this space? What made you want to go down this particular rabbit hole? Interesting. Um, so it's lingered in the back of my mind and my psyche since I can't remember. And, and the reasons for that are still mysterious to me, but um, as I you know, grew up and, and sought out my profession in, in, in data, analytics, digital technology, and so forth, um, all, all of that is, is, is now I realize uh, backdrop to my ability to aggregate content, organize it, study it, and analyze it, and help others do the same. That is the impetus for bluebook.tv. So, so I am less of a researcher and more of a data uh, organizer so that people can dive in and, 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 and make, draw their own conclusions. Um, as to the interest in um, unexplained phenomena, a, my childhood had persons influential in my life that had psychic abilities. Um, the culture that I grew within, like you stated, accepted the reality of interdimensional beings. Uh, and uh, they conducted abductions. They, they appeared, disappeared. They had strange lights, halos around them, and, 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 and stories of, of those were just common in my childhood. But when roads and highways are built in Iceland, they are built around sites that are known to house or, or be inhabited by interdimensional beings. So you, you will see a, a road take a U-turn around nothing and then continue in a straight line 
simply to avoid a sacred site that is believed to be the home or a, a transport of interdimensionality. So, so you know, eight, nine years old, a number of anecdotal stories I could go into, but I'll tell you one. Um, we're playing soccer, a friend of mine and I, and um, after school, and and uh, when we walk home, he realizes he doesn't have his keys to his house. So, and he instantly knows what to do. He comes with me to my house, goes into in with me, and and this was before cell phones. So he made a phone call to his grandmother. Hey, grandma, I lost my keys. And without a blink, and I'm I'm there. I listened to this conversation. This was normal. Uh, you left them at the right post of the goal that is closer to the swimming pool. This is, you know, you know, describing our campus. And uh, we go back to the soccer field and lo and behold, the keys are right there. Oh. Stuff like that. Mm. And, and uh, this was just normal. It was like, okay, there's the keys. Okay, good. See you tomorrow. So, so, the, so the presence of, of, of energies and, and abilities that are not generally accepted in our day-to-day life, busy lives, was always there. Mm. And, and so this, and I, I took, I make no distinction between these kinds of psychic uh, religious experiences as well as extraterrestrial stories. They're all anecdotes of a greater reality to me that um, we are yet to embrace and accept. And we will go into this conversation hopefully more that I believe this is now becoming a hindrance to our evolution, mm-hmm. uh, that we're not accepting this greater reality that surrounds us all. And I would tend to agree exactly with that statement. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Freyer, uh, do you believe that, you know, like you said, when you were growing up, it was just, it was accepted that there were these energies what do you think is the difference now versus, I, I th- you know, children yeah. now that were your age then? Well, I, first of all, I think that we have a generation of children that are, you know, not, not to get stuck on terms like being woke and, and things of mm-hmm. that nature. I actually think that the youngest generation coming up now is more observant, tolerant, and sort of, uh, less, dare I say, judgmental, pre-judgmental. They are open-minded, they're accepting. So I, I, I even, even with all the technology and the focus on video games and all the things that we deem, deem bad uh, from a perspective of balance in life, I think that I, I remain eternally hopeful and, and optimistic that the, the children that are growing up right now, they, they have an amazing ability to, to evolve. Mm-hmm their spiritual minds. So that's my view. Yeah. You know, and, and it's, it's funny that you say that, like, we could look at something as simple as sports to see the difference, right? We look at somebody like a Michael Jordan, who's phenomenal, who had that killer instinct, right? Yep. And, you know, today, God bless, uh, God bless LeBron James, he keeps getting compared to the guy, right? Yep. Because of the championships. But you look at LeBron James, who's someone who's a little bit more collaborative than competitive. He doesn't have that killer instinct, but he does have amazing athletic ability. But I think he just represents a generation where 
You know, he wants to be like this ultimate teammate as opposed to be the man. Yep. So like in Michael Jordan's documentary, it came out, you know, where it may have done him more harm than good. It kind of demonized his character with some of the truths that came out on how he treated his teammates and, you know, and his opposers. Hard, hard on them, but but pushing them to be the best they could possibly be. I'm, I'm, I'm a Lakers fan. You may know that I live in L.A. And right. and uh, to us, obviously, for years and years, Kobe was a hero and is a hero. And and uh, watch him play and how he willpowered himself to accomplish something. They were, you know, 10 seconds, 10 points under, and he could still willpower themselves. And just sheer sort of intent mm -hmm. and how he was able to channel that through his athletic abilities was just a phenomenal thing to watch and very inspiring. Absolutely. To, to, to see it in action, how a, a, a human mind can challenge and you know limitations and, and, and challenge energy to do better mm -hmm. you, you it was on display always with him and and yeah Le lebron as a team leader now he's he's evolved and become a great at it and it's, it's it's a wonderful thing to see so today we're seeing like in the past few months the government has seemed to finally admit that this UFO phenomenon, I think they actually returned it, is, is actually real and it's something that they're investigating. But it seems like they're only releasing information that pretty much most of us have already known and that they're still holding back. Why do you think now that this information is coming forth and where do you think it is leading? Yeah. So the report that was released on the 25th of uh, June from the Office of National Intelligence, Director of National Intelligence, was called Preliminary Assessment. So, so the title of the report is Preliminary Assessment. So let's just understand that they are saying this is just the first stab at it. But, but what they released were generally speaking, the things that people become aware of through the you know, release of videos and, and conversations around the TikToks and all of that. But um, there is also a statement inside the report that says, we don't know what it is, but we can say that it is real and we need to study it more. So just take those three things. We, it's real, we don't know what it is, it needs to be studied. Those are the three statements out of the report that I, I cling to as the government accepting and, and, and acknowledging the reality of UFOs, or now they have a new term for it, unidentified aerial phenomena. You know, They don't want to call it flying objects anymore for some reason, but unidentified aerial phenomena is good enough for me. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it speaks to the same. Um, this is far and away from all the stories of Area 51 Roswell Crafts captured craft, reverse engineering, uh, alien bodies, alien technology seeping into our culture from Velcro to the microchip and all of that. So, so I believe that this surface release is the very, very beginning, but it is also just the tip of an iceberg. Underneath, there are secret programs, I believe, and I hope this is not too far on a limb with people, but I think there's evidence uh, to support all of this. And I'm a data guy. So I'm following the evidence, not just what I believe to be true. They just, that, that there is a lot more here that they have not disclosed. 
and and uh, when they will disclose it remains to be seen. Mm-hmm. But it's a first step, very small step, but definitely a first step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, since you are a, a data guy, uh, what is the data saying as far as have they have extraterrestrials always been around, um, and we're just now coming into this knowledge? What what is the data saying? Yes. So the data in records shows us in the recent past that uh, we have videos and audio recordings and, and, and photographs of, of objects that cannot be explained by human technology, but are physically real. real. Uh, and uh, there is plenty of circumstantial corroborative evidence when you have thousands of witnesses to an event like the Phoenix Lights, and you have um, a number of objects being seen in the 80s, 90s, and the 2000s in different parts of the world that look and behave the same. We have a court system, justice system, that relies on circumstantial evidence, corroborative eyewitness accounts, and we convict people based on that. There's no smoking gun, there's even no body, but the collaborative and the corroborative evidence and, and, and eyewitness accounts is enough in our court system of justice to convict somebody. If you apply that principle to the UFO phenomena, you realize that the circumstantial evidence and corroborative eyewitness accounts from multiple perspectives is, is, is overwhelmingly in the favor of it, their reality. That's just in the present. I did a, a, a study on, on, on medieval art, both religious and non-religious, where you see objects present, where you see, uh, you can go into the Bible and, you know, Gabriel, Gabriel to me is just like, he's a captain of a, of a starship in my view, and he keeps coming and going. Um, that's Archangel Gabriel. Now he's described in the Bible. So, so you can go into the pyramids and, and look at hieroglyphs inside of them. You can go to the Vimanas uh, 4,000 years ago in, in India and Hinduism. And, and, and they're all describing flying objects and beings of godly stature uh, occupying them. So if we look at all these records collectively, they're all describing the presence of, uh, as data goes, of, 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 an, of, of, of intelligence not of this world that we know or accept as reality outside of it, extraterrestrial, whether they are of a different dimension. This is where the term extraterrestrial to me is a little conflicted mm-hmm. because we don't know. And this is where my day sort of pursue the facts of the data. I don't know if they're from another planet, another dimension or somewhere else. I don't know those things. Mm-hmm. There are theories, but I don't have any data that factually states that they're from this or that galaxy or a different dimension. I, we don't know that. That's how early stage knowledge we're in. Wow. Um, do you, what do you feel they, they want with earth humans? Even so if that, it's your opinion. Yeah. So, so if again, studying the data, they're, they're abducting humans and prodding and poking them with medical equipment. They are stealing uh, DNA and, and protein structures from cows and other animals. Uh, they seem to be 
accidentally seen here and there. So there seems to be a randomness to their discovery or detect detection. Um, they are prodding into our bio system mm -hmm. and they are intensely interested in us. And, and they are, whether they are managing us for millions of years, thousands of years as, as, as intelligent, you know, homo sapiens seems to be based on the data, what we've been experiencing, whether you believe them to be behind the religious uh, uh, doctrines that have, that have been introduced to man over the last, you know, 5,000 years, that, that remains to be seen. But there's plenty of evidence that seems, seems to support that they have been in support of it. Or in, and so I think that without going too far into theory, um, their interest in humanity and the, the biology on Earth is intense and, and multifaceted. Um, they are intently and intensely concerned about our nuclear power. There have been plenty of uh, corroborated by military personnel stories of UFOs turning off uh, missile silos. There is evidence of them having, in, in, in our intercontinental ballistic missile test program in the 80s and 90s, they would intercept and disable ICBMs in midair, and they would just fall into the Pacific Ocean. Uh, they would uh, disable uh, 20, 30 rockets, missiles in the, in the ground in Montana at Malmstrom Air Force Base, um, and then fly, uh, always associated with the sight of lights in the sky over the base. So, so if you accrue all of those stories, they're basically saying, hey, uh, we are aware of your nuclear programs and we don't like what you're doing. Let's not forget that uh, Roswell is a skip and a hop driveway away from Alamogordo where the first nuclear test was conducted in July of 1945, months before we dropped it on uh, Japan. And two years later, there's a crash literally in the same neighborhood. So all of, if you, if you, if you and, and I can go to England and Russia and, and give you similar anecdotes. I mean, this is like a, we can talk for days on this anecdotally on the data, just on the data. And you, you, come, you come away, this is me talking about my view based on the data. You come away with the absolute conviction that this is not a coincidence. This is very intent, intently and, and deliberately uh, uh, connected, and and uh, this is only one facet. So so yeah, I, I I believe that the data, once studied properly, will point into the direction of of their reality, their full intentions. Uh, we have a lot of work to do, mm -hmm. and uh, and it may require a contact for us to understand that really. So you, you said a lot, and it, it even brings up even more questions. So you spoke of the possibility of reverse engineering. Myself, I'm an engineer in the tech field like yourself. Right. And actually, last night, I spent hours until like five in the morning, like searching underground with fiber techs, looking for fiber to bring into the building, right? There you go. So some people say that that is one of the technologies that may have came about as a result of Roswell, like 
we were just coasting along as far as technology is concerned. And slightly after that, technology just shot up to the moon and we come out with all these different things like fiber optics, et cetera, et cetera. There were some companies that were mentioned that may have been involved in the reverse engineering, you know, with our, with our government uh, yeah. of those Roswell crashes, which to this day, even some try to debunk and say they were hot air balloons. So do you feel that uh, part of our evolution and in going into this information technological age, some of the information may have been a result of our interaction with these entities or beings from another dimension or galaxy? I, th I think that there's a highlight chance that all the discoveries made in the 50s or late 40s, 50s, and 60s that have become now our sort of household foundation of technology, communication technology included, are, are came about too fast, too fiercely, and too, too in, in, in much of a parallel to have been all discovered by us. Seems very impossible to me that we discovered all of those things. And then you have Philip Corso's book, The Day After Roswell. He's a, he's a military guy. And in that book, day after Roswell, you know, he 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 quotes the Condon report and others, other uh, documents, where you have a where you have a, a table of content that says, um, and I'm just giving you by memory examples that craft uh, parts go to uh, Ohio, uh, Red Patterson in Ohio. Uh, biological remains go to a place in Hawaii. Uh, technology parts in whole go to Groom Lake Area 51 in Nevada. It's, it's a table of content, internal document that says, this is where you ship this stuff. As a, as a guide, like, like a uh, operational guide. And as, a, as an engineer, you live by operational guides every day. I know that you do. That's part of part of the job. Uh, there's an operational guide to how what to do with the parts of an unidentified flying object retreat and where to send those parts in secret. So, so th there's no way, in my view, that all of this is invented stories, uh, fabrications. There's just no way. These these are factual guiding documents and they exist. Uh, we need to accept them. And then what? Then what is the big question? With, with that said, one question here. So with that said, do you feel that any of the current sightings could be reverse engineered uh, vehicles that our government or some of these black op projects have actually created with the technology that they've gained? I, I can't I can't point to this versus that I cannot, uh, but I I do think that there are parts of technology the laser the fiber optics and I I, I love mentioning Velcro because it's just so simple um, that that um, are possibly integrated technologies that came out of it and they were they were deliberately disseminated out of out of uh, the Pentagon at the time a secret office that that took care of that. 
hand over to industry these parts so that we could evolve them. Whether there is entire knowledge uh, been, been discovered where we know their energy, we know their sort of anti-gravity technologies that have been claimed to be in existence with these crafts, uh, which would explain why they don't have any propulsion and why they radiate magnetism and electricity when, when, when eyewitnesses and, and, and people that come close to them have, have been shocked and electrified and, and, and even radiated as a result of being close to these things. Uh, we, we, whether we know these knowledges currently, I don't know, but I, I believe Bob Lazar, which people know to be the guy that uh, blew the whistle, on, on Area 51 reverse engineering programs. He was part of it, that's why he knows. And, um, and uh, why I believe him, other than him being an articulate scientist himself and, and, a, and a physicist that, that, that lives in the, the realm of science and data, that uh, he had nothing to gain and everything to lose to come forward to say, tell the truth. Uh, even to the expense of his own intellectual curiosity. Had he kept silent, he would have stayed inside the program and learned more and more and more. Think about it as a life of a person that gets to be close to these crafts and learn them and, and, and work on them on a daily basis. He gave all of that opportunity up because he felt the need to tell the truth to the general public. So, so I think that they we're still not understanding all the all the energies and and the technologies that have been gifted by these crashes but uh but i think we're working on it every day mm -hmm. yeah um so how should humanity view this um do you feel like the extraterrestrial beings are they benevolent uh is this something humanity should fear um if these are disclosures how can everyone uh, be more comfortable uh, be more accepting yeah. of these conversations as we evolve as a whole body of humanity. Yeah, um, there is a, there's a doctrine that has existed. Uh, NASA brought it up and, and uh, committees in the 50s came up with this, that uh, humanity would not be ready for the truth. And therefore it was better to keep this away from uh, humanity and deny the reality of these discoveries. Um, the Patterson, uh, Wright Patterson was, was the place of this. And the Robertson Committee uh, was responsible for this doctrine, um, and and uh, they they quoted the Columbian syndrome. I don't know if you're familiar with that concept. That when uh, Christopher Columbus and the Spaniards came to uh, Latin America with mirrors and weapons and measles and illnesses as well, they sort of destroyed a whole culture, multiple cultures just by showing up because everything they had from mirrors to, to uh, weapons were alien to the cultures that were there. And they collapsed. They stopped believing in their religious authorities. They stopped believing in their the meaning of their origins, uh, the sun God and so forth. And, and within, within 200 years, they were just gone, wiped off. The theory is that similar things would happen to us if we were all of a sudden introduced as, as a civilization on earth to um, millions of year old, much more intelligent uh, uh, beings from another planet or wherever they come from, that our authorities over the, next, over the last 80 years have believed that this would destroy us. Therefore, we must keep it a silenced, quiet secret. 
And, and, and I disagree with that. I think that we have, we have, in order for us to evolve and solve all the problems that are before us, we actually need to embrace this reality and accept it and, and, and start learning from it and evolve. And my, my sort of, my doctrine is that without that open mind, we are, have arrested our own evolution. And that's where we are today, which is the impetus for what I, why I'm doing what I'm doing. So, I hope that answered your question. I don't even know if it did. Yeah. So, with with that said, um, gosh, there's a thousand questions here. You know, so when you look at religion, like, and and think about this discovery and this disclosure, what it would actually do to the modern religions that exist today, to find that there's other beings out there in other galaxies and billions of other Earth-like planets that could be inhabited by beings that may look like us, may be slightly different or drastically different. Mm -hmm. Like the impact that that might have. Also, um, you know, a lot of the research that we have done, you can see clearly, you know, people say that God is like out there, like out where, you know, and it's like, is God an alien, you know, are angels and demons aliens, you know? benevolent and benevolent beings yeah. Yeah. um you you have the stories of the lost continent of mu and lemuria or mu or lemuria in atlantis you know if those are true and they were at the pivotal stage that we're at right now where you know the technology seems to surpass our spirituality and humanity that where we become not only destructive to ourselves and if there are other beings not only within our solar system but in nearby galaxies that this may possibly impact because when we look at the big scope of things like earth is like a grain of sand on this big cosmic beach that you know just like cells within our body like if your red blood cells go bad it's going to impact the entire body so yeah Beautiful, beautiful uh, connection you made between the, the blood cells, the inner body, and the visuals that we're now getting from the greater universe. They almost look identical. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, when you look at things just like the iris of the human eye and you look at the cosmos, yes, the, the, how the they're almost identical, like how right. the hair swirls on the back of the human head is similar to the way the universe is patterned. You know, so it's like there's this this vibration of the universe that everything like there's certain patterns that we follow up under yes so yes this is a whole conversation right yeah (laughs) Russell the 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 organized religion and I, I I say that very deliberately the organized religion good as it is and 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 been helpful to us it's also been hurtful to us and because it is organized it's got walls and structures and limitations and i think that the while the intent and perhaps the need at the time needed to needed to be in that form i think that we are evolving we need to evolve to a point of exchanging that to understand that uh, the spiritual connection uh, does nothing to cancel God. The, the, the extraterrestrials do nothing to cancel the notion of God. 
there's it's about us understanding that the road back in time is much farther than 5,000 years. It's most definitely hundreds of millions of years. Who knows how billions of years? I don't know. But but within that within that length of time, eternity, from our perspective, there is a spiritual force. There is a there in I believe uh, a, a guiding principle that we call call God. We may all be part of it ultimately as spirits. Uh, that that the organized religion we know is just a fableistic manifestation of it. And it, as such, it's it's true and good, but it uh, it also limits our way of thinking about it if we get stuck in the doctrine of it. That is my view of religion. So aliens are part of God's creation too. That's true. Right. True. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the thing is, it's like, if you really look at it, it seems, you know, like even when you hear about the lost books of the Bible, you know, and then you start to research and find what some of them actually said, or even an ancient Hebrew text. Right. You know, even in the Bible, there's a lot of things in there is pretty encrypted. Like when it says, let us make man in our image. And you say, who's the us? Us and our. Yeah. Yes. You, you get the intellectual masturbation based upon a set of beliefs that have been yeah. handed down and, and never yeah. questioned. But when yeah. you go back and look at the ancient Hebrew text, it kind of spells it out a lot clearer. It talks about the sons of God seeing the daughters of men. And it pretty much talks about these etheric beings, you know, coming in and manifesting in the physical frame and going into not only women, but animals and, you know, in, in the early humanoids and so forth and creating giants, you know, yes. there's plenty of fossils and history and stories, you know, even you're, you know, from the region of the world, you come from very great detailed stories that people just write off 100% mythology when in actuality there seems to be a lot of truth to it. How, well, this is the, the yeah, yeah, I agree with you so 100%. Mythology didn't come out of nothing. Any, any myth, myth in, in human history, where it originated on the planet doesn't matter. It doesn't come out of nothing. It is based on something. And that's, you know, that's, that's exactly what it was. And I think that we need to go back to those thinkings and you know rediscover the book of Enoch and, and all the other old Hebrew texts to realize that there's a lot more to this than the sanitized version of the Bible that has been handed down to us over 2000 years. Exactly. Mm-hmm. A lot more to it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Prayer, can you touch on contact? Uh, you know, do we have to be of military leadership? to be contacted by extraterrestrials or are they, do you know, what is the data showing? Since I know you said data, um, are regular human beings being contacted because they possess a certain energy or vibration that aligns with extraterrestrials? Um, yes. If you could just touch on that. Yeah, thank you. Uh, and and there, is a, there is a religious parallel to this as well. We can visit that after, but, um, they are. They have, based on the data, eyewitness accounts, and some material, you know, evidence. They have been in contact with uh, military or secret government bodies that have, bought, you know, black budget purpose that that are not necessarily disclosed, um, and and uh, they are working with 
representatives, not of all of humanity, but representative of a governmental body, military or otherwise, secret service and so forth, that, that uh, they, they are operating in unison. That is, that's one path, one lane. There's another lane where they're abducting individuals and they are communicating, we need to improve our take care of the planet, uh, our environment. There is multitude of those conversations uh, coming out of, out of people that have been abducted. Then there are other uh, aspects like crop circles. And I'm not putting all of this into the same basket. This is, these are all different disciplines, but there are these TikTok drones that have been videotaped creating crop circles. So, so there's communication there. They, they, they actually built scientific patterns. They've created maps. They've created pictures and they've created uh, analog and digital communication patterns within those crop circles. So, so they are communicating with us on multiple levels, but they are not, they're all clandestine, if you will. They're all subconscious and clandestine. And if, and they, none of them is like landing on the White House lawn and, and, and giving a speech. Right. That is not that is not happening. And I think but, that's that's what I think there's still this big disbelief is because most of society is I have to see it to believe it. And so right. if it does not land on the White House lawn, I, it okay. It's so not. so let's now let's now what I said about parallel to religion. So why doesn't God just come down with a lightning bolt and get mad at us when we Great do that? Analogy, yeah. Right? <laughs> right? Yes. Great analogy, yeah. So he does not. Then we are introduced and we have been taught over the hundreds of years this concept of free will, good and evil and free will. Mm-hmm. And there is, and, and that is all throughout the Bible. We we have to you know, follow the word of, of, of God and, and we will be, sal- you know, we will reach salvation, right? Um, on, the, on the extraterrestrial alien or UFO side of things, there is, there is one message that was received through cor- crop circles and abducted people that says, and, that's, and I'm, I'm quoting, a new world awaits us mm-hmm. if we can take it. This is a message from aliens to us. A new world awaits you if you can take it. So a new world is, in my view, the greater reality accepted that we're not alone. Our history back in time and our connection to the universe and other civilizations is much deeper and greater than we realize. That's the new world that we would discover if we were to embrace and come forward with this. But if we can take it, so think about back to the Colombian doctor. Now we're going to self-destruct. Can we take it? This new reality, this new, these new facts. And I think as with religion and this element, there is a requirement of self-evolution for us to come to a place where we are capable of absorbing, understanding, and accepting those realities that we have not reached yet is why they are clandestine and subconscious still so any any evidence of their sightings that we have because of our technology are accidental 
but but their messaging is deliberate. So so I come back to this sort of information and data shared with the massive amounts of people so that we can persuade more and more people to change their view on this so we can open our mind and evolve again to a place where the gates will open. Mm-hmm. That's how I'm, that's my view of the world. Yeah. Where we're at and where we need to go. So one of the things that I kind of find amazing, right? You know, we're, we're having this conversation about ETs and the paranormal. Why, why is it, and this question goes out to everybody, not just you, Frere. Why is it that people so easily accept the idea of angels and demons, but totally discount ETs and the paranormal or interdimensional or in, the, when in actuality, it could all be one and the same. Yeah. You know, and um, what was the other question? The other question I, I have for you, being in the film industry, we seem to, over the years, seen movies like E.T. and Close Encounters, uh, things of that nature. And then even to, like, my favorite movie, Avatar. It, it seems like these producers are hearing this same information we have in in trying to get this message out there is it something that's trying to warm us up for something to come or are these people just really trying to say hey you know we need to look at these things a little deeper i think you're absolutely on you know on target thinking about it that way uh, we are being gradually gradually evolved, adjusted to the notion of those concepts and they do it through popular culture. They do it through anecdotes and they do it through TikToks that we catch on video. So the collective of, and, and crop circles and, and messaging, abductions and all of that, that um, there is, yeah, there is a very subliminal, gradual influencing of our thinking happening. But it is happening painfully, slowly in the, in the terms of a human life of 80 years. It is just so painfully slowly that this is happening over multiple lifetimes. It seems you and I, all three of us, we want to, we want to know this, these truths within our single lifetime. So let's, let's pause on that. And, and, and you guys have talked about this plenty in your podcast that there is no such thing as a single lifetime. We will come back and next time we should come around, we will learn more. So very, very gradual. So I think that they think in terms of like, and, and, and you can only you know, think of your pets, cats and dogs. To them, you are eternal because they were babies and then they grow up and they grow old and die. And we're always the same to them. Mm-hmm. So the way they look at time, our cats and dogs, compared to us, is very different. And I think the same applies up to scale that the people that, that, that the beings that live for hundreds or thousands of years uh, the 80 year lifespan of a human is just a drop in the bucket to them. I agree with that. Very much so. And, and you touched on something in this conversation can go on forever, but you touched on something about reincarnation and that goes back to religion. And, and this is not to di- dismiss religion at all. You know, it's like, I'm not going to throw the baby out with the bathwater. I think some people actually need that, but ultimately the religion should help them to become say more spiritual in the end you know because i think that's the common unity that's why 
all the major religions have these, you know, there's an exoteric and then there's the esoteric side of all of them. But the esoteric side is that spiritual side where all of them behind, they get along, they can respect the differences of culture, of religion and ideology and, and things of that nature. But, you know, we talk about this once again on our podcast that we are no more than our soul is no more than energy that cannot be created nor destroyed. It right. just changes shape and form and moves. Right. So we always were, we always will be. And who's to say that at one point we were not them. They may be coming from the future back yeah. to warn us about what our fate is and almost like the butterfly effect. Okay, we have this choice. We can go the way Atlantis and Lemuria did, or we could go this other route and go into a beautiful golden age. Yep, yep. I think think that's very true. And and uh, yeah. Prayer, we have just a few more questions and then we're going to wrap it up. Um, I did want to ask you if you could tell us a little more about Blue Book TV. So great timing for that question after after what we just discussed that. uh, my intent with, with bluebook.tv uh, encourages everybody to visit. First of all, the, con- the, the access to the content is free. You do not have to pay. You do not have to subscribe. You don't have to even give up your uh, email or anything. So, so the, because the purpose and the importance of that is that I want people to have access to good information long term. So this is a very long term project for me. But I want to create a place that does not exist um, where people can watch uh, endless amount of documentaries, listen to podcasts, and, and, and look at other data that shows them the reality of, of the existence of multitudes of unexplained phenomena. I want it to be a knowledge base for the general public to be able to access for free and educate and enlighten ourselves with an open mind so that we can help more and of our brothers and sisters to become in, in aware of and accepting of this rather than fearing it and stigmatizing it. So, so having, and this is not just about UFOs, it's about spirituality, it's about science and, and, and physics, and, and certainly about near-death experiences, afterlife, past life memories. There's, there's going to be a whole sort of broad spectrum and presentation of, of phenomena that is unexplained. Um, not sensationalized, but but just out there as information, and hopefully people will, you know, catch on to it and 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 embrace it as a destination of information, and more and more people hopefully will be able to access that. That's so, awesome. Yeah, That's awesome. Russell, did you have any other questions for Freyer? Yeah, well, not so much a question. I'll just make a statement. And, you know, in this age of misinformation, cancel culture, and, um, you know, it's like, I'd seen your soft launch. I went to the site and that first night, I really couldn't go to sleep. I stayed up all night, just combing through the information, falling asleep to it, because a lot of this stuff interests me. So for the last... 25, 30 years, I've actually been down that rabbit hole seeking out this information because I have this innate curiosity about the universe and who we actually are, where did we come from, you know, and what's our destiny. And I think that you are actually leading the people down the right path 
And uh, yeah, I'm really Thank looking you. forward to what, what you have going on and everybody out there definitely take advantage of it because it's like having a platform like this when, you know, a lot of the other platforms are being shut down, you know, just, you know, because people are waking up to the truth of what's going on. And, and when we wake up, you know, we become free and we become more loving and we become more collaborative instead of competitive and more tribal. It's like, it's time for us all to come together. And my brother, I thank you. Thank you. Thank you for those words, Russell. That is I'm, uh, very well said. Very well said. If we, if we can evolve and, and, and embrace each other and love each other more, and, and instead of falling into these sort of tribal behaviors that we're been guilty of for so long, that's, that's the only way forward. The love that you're presenting is through, through your words. That's exactly where we need to go. The only way to go. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Freyer, what would you say um, right now is your personal message to humanity in regards to the paranormal and extraterrestrial? If you had that one message, um, what would that be? It's time to evolve again. We, we are in a state of arrested development and we're, we're seeing the conflicts of not only within the United States, the, the, the polar opposites in, on the political spectrum, but think of Israel, Palestine, think of Afghanistan, the environment as a, as a we, we, we must do this. It's become an existential matter to me that we evolve again. And the only way for us spiritually to evolve is to open our mind to the possibility that our, that our doctrines of reality may not be complete. This is our opportunity to uh, embrace those possibilities and, 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 and study them as, as, as factual. And I think that those are gonna be the gates that will open up uh, and lead us into a future that is much more loving, caring, unified. And, and uh, we will understand ourselves in a much greater perspective uh, with a purpose much greater than ourselves. And I think that is where we need to go. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Freyer, can you recommend a book to our listeners? It could be on paranormal yes. or not. Yes. <laughs> so, so there's a book that came out last year called Making Contact uh, by, by, Alan Steinfeld, and uh, it's a it's a series of essays by a number of researchers in the field of the paranormal, from spiritual to extraterrestrial, and it just speaks. The theme of the book is really speaking to openness of mind and understanding, whether it's whether it's data or spiritual awakening. Um, in it, there's a thesis a paper by Nick Pope who was sort of the, the Fox Mulder character inspiration. Uh, he worked inside the Department of Defense in, in, um, in Britain. So he had a lot of data, but it's a book that Deepak Chopra calls one of the books that are a must read to, to enter a, a new world of open enlightenment. So, so, so you have spiritual leaders speaking to it in positive terms, as well as having that sort of extraterrestrial element in it. So Making Contact by Alan Steinfeld, take a look at that. Uh, yeah, it, it's a series of essays and, and, and it's very inspirational. Great, thanks for that recommendation, uh, yeah. Making Contact. 
And my last question is, um, at the time of the recording of this podcast, what would you say is the greatest matter of your heart currently? That we realize that we're in a crisis, that we wake up to the fact that we're in a crisis as, as, a, as a human family and, and, and all the upheaval going on and, and the environmental uh, calamity that is, that is already here and going to get worse that we need to wake up to those things that is what's what's you know weighing on me and i mean it's not something unique but it is i think that we're a little bit like a frog in a in a boiling water exactly we, we don't we we are in the water and it's getting warmer and warmer. we don't realize it's going to hit a boiling point and that's uh, the end of us and i think that we are uh, a little bit guilty of complacency uh that that uh, we need to take greater, more concerted actions and efforts to correct our course for our own survival. Wow. Um, Freyer, well, we definitely appreciate you for taking some time out. We know you're out there in California, so we appreciate you spending some time with us this morning. And um, we're going to wrap it up. Russell, was there anything else you wanted to say or mention or share? You know, just to everybody, <clears throat> just to everybody out there is like in order for us to evolve, we cannot be attached to anything, but we have to be open to everything, you know, because information is constantly changing. You know, once again, there was there was a time when people thought the earth was flat and people were killed for for saying that it was round. And once again, there's people come back saying it's flat again, but it's like we are constantly evolving and changing. But, you know, in order to evolve, though, we can't be stuck on a set of ideas that have been passed down without questioning them. You should be able to question everything. Definitely. Absolutely. Thank All you. Right, it's been guys. fun. Yeah. Um, guys, this has been another episode of Matters of the Heart and Soul podcast. We have Freyer here talking about Blue Book TV. Make sure you check it out. Like he said, um, we have to individually evolve so that we can collectively evolve. It is our responsibility. And Blue Book TV is going to be an amazing platform so that we all can individually evolve. Uh, Matters of the Heart and Soul podcast is inspired by love, God, relationships, spirituality, justice, culture, family, children, finances, freedom, personal growth, energy and vibrations, masculine and feminine energy, universal principles, health, education, and all things of the heart and soul. We appreciate you guys. Once again, this podcast is a call to go deeper. So if it resonates, hey, check it out. If it doesn't, just throw it out. All right, guys, thank you so much, Freya. We appreciate you. Thank you. Peace. Yep. Thank you.